Sup, you beautiful bastards. Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. I may or may not have woken up about five minutes ago, but I'll never tell. Same can't be said about the bags under my eyes, those gossipy, gossipy bitches, but buckle up, hit that like button, and let's just jump into it because we got a lot of news to cover. Yo, first up today, we have a story that is both sad and now happy. Right, so this is centered around a Virginia research facility owned by the company Envigo that breeds dogs for pharmaceutical testing and research. And as you probably could have guessed, because we're talking about it, these dogs went through a horrible and rough time. With inspections finding that the facility performed unnecessarily painful medical procedures on them, including euthanasia without any sedatives. They were also kept in shelters with temperatures exceeding 85 degrees Fahrenheit for more than five hours at a time. And food was sometimes intentionally withheld for 48 hours, causing distress to nursing mothers and their puppies. With their housing conditions also turning out to be unforgivable, you had 71 dogs injured when a body part was pulled through the wall by a dog in an adjacent kennel. You had 50 injured or killed from incompatible groupings. And all of this amounting to at least 73 violations of the Animal Welfare Act, which is why you even had members of Congress talking about this. But, like I promised, that was the sadness as far as the happy part a federal judge has ruled that the dogs can be removed from the facility, leaving federal authorities with about 60 days to find new homes for around 4,000 beagles. And so now you have the nonprofit Humane Society of the United States spearheading an effort among animal rescue groups to transfer all these beagles out of the facility as soon as possible. With Sue Bell, executive director of Homeward Trails, which notably already took in 500 so-called surplus beagles that Invigo couldn't care for because of the pandemic earlier this year, saying, This might be the largest, if not one of the largest, I think, removal of animals from one site in the country. Or John Raymer, executive director of Kindness Ranch Animal Sanctuary adding, is one of the most daunting rescues that I've ever heard of or have had the privilege of being involved in. When I carry one dog out of a facility, I can tap it on my head and give it a hug and tell him that everything's going to be okay. But pulling 4,000 out, it's an inconceivable number of dogs. And notably, it could be some time before these dogs are even ready to enter new homes. Right? Most need medical treatment, getting spayed, neutered, vaccinated, not to mention the social and emotional problems, especially affecting older dogs, with a number of experts noting they could get really overwhelmed by new things in their environment, like vacuum cleaners or televisions. With Sue Bell estimating it's going to take her group somewhere between between $275 and $700 to prepare each dog for adoption and adding. There will be some dogs that come from the situation that are not well socialized. You know, these are dogs that have never spent a day alone. It's kind of heartbreaking to all over again to hear. I know, it is. But it is equally heartwarming when you see these dogs touch grass for the first time and start to sniff and smell the air. It's, it's just amazing. So if you're feeling compassionate, you want to accept a new member into your home, you can apply to adopt. However, you should remember that rescuing a severely maltreated animal with social and emotional problems is a huge responsibility. Whereas others have noted, a lot of people see these dogs suffering. They're like, I want to help. But they also don't realize or fully think about all that that entails and they end up doing more harm than good. And I mention that not because I doubt you or I don't want people to adopt these dogs, but I want them to actually go to a better situation. And sometimes we think we are prepared for something because our emotions get the best of us when we're not actually prepared. But if you think you are and you want a new member of the family, definitely apply. And then we had the Amber Heard Johnny Depp saga back in the news. Right, Obviously, the blockbuster trial came to an end a while back, Depp getting $10 million after a jury found Heard defamed him in a Washington Post op-ed, with Heard getting $2 million for her counterclaims. But like with most legal situations, that wasn't the end of the story, as Heard's team eventually asked for the judge to declare a mistrial, and saying they were arguing that for a couple of reasons, including them claiming that one of the jurors was not supposed to be there, saying that one person was summoned, but a person over 20 years younger who lived at the same address and had the same last name as the person showed up to court. But with it, you had Depp's team slamming this mistrial request is frivolous, and just yesterday we got the news that the judge wasn't having it either, with the judge saying that Heard did not prove that the juror's inclusion prejudiced her in any way, and adding, the juror was vetted, sat for the entire jury, deliberated, and reached a verdict. The only evidence before this court is that this juror and all jurors followed their oaths and the court's instructions and orders. This court is bound by the competent decision of the jury, and further stating that Heard and her team were given the jury list five days before the trial started, so they had more than enough time in the lead-up and throughout the trial to bring up any issues they had with the jurors. Also, regarding any potential juror mix up, 
reports say that the summons did not include a birth date and the juror wrote a birth date on the questionnaire that met requirements for service and was accepted by both parties. So really, if anything, this is kind of more of a, a desperate flailing from Heard's team. Though, notably, Heard will still have a chance to appeal this decision if she chooses, but for now, this is where we're at with the case. But this part of the story isn't the only reason that people are talking and headlines are getting made right now. Right? The whole public perception and how people were talking about this is getting a second round of debates for a couple of reasons. The first being that NBC just put out a documentary examining TikTok and social media's role in this trial, prompting a lot of conversation. And the other having to do with the creator space, with two creators specifically being under the spotlight. Right, that because someone shared a compilation of resurfaced Jacksepticeye and PewDiePie clips where they're mocking Amber Heard's testimony. My dog stepped on a bee. We took him to the vet. I actually managed to squeeze out a tear. You see, that's how it's done. That's how you actually cry. Like, what the f is she doing with her face? My dog. This is an actress. Went to the vet and went on. She just shows she's like the worst actress of all time. With the people angry at these two creators doing things like tagging Jacksepticeye and saying this is the cringiest thing they've ever seen. With the number calling him out specifically because he previously said that he thinks it's crazy that women face so much online harassment just for existing. With PewDiePie also getting a good share of the criticism as well. Most people there kind of just bringing up his past controversies. But also as the backlash has grown, we've seen a lot of support for these creators. With people saying this isn't like just mocking women, not believing any woman, but specifically about Amber Heard. Right, this brings back the debate that we saw during the trial where you saw all those reports saying, you know, this is going to scare survivors of abuse. But others saying, no, that's bullshit. Amber Heard is lying here. This is specifically about one person lying. With people now also, after the fact, pointing to the decision by the jury saying, see, they also believe that she was lying. But yeah, ultimately, that's the story as it is now. And of course, I'll pass the question off to you. What are your thoughts regarding any aspect of this story? But from that, I want to take a second to thank today's sponsor, Display. Display is a one-of-a-kind magnet-mounted metal poster designed to capture your unique passions for manga, sports, history, comics, nature, movies, and more. They're created with a sturdy 21st century canvas that's durable enough to withstand a lifetime of intense steering and, yes, the occasional drop for the clumsy among us. You can customize, collect, and rearrange your displays quickly. No need for power tools, no damage to your walls, and no impediments to elevating your man cave, she shed, gaming space, living room, garage, or office. The possibilities are endless. And with over 1.4 million designs created by artists around the globe, there's something for everyone. Collections range from the Marvel Universe to travel, Life magazine covers, artists like Frida Kahlo, and more. Start a collection, add to your collection, and give this awesome gift to the collector in your life. Plus, Display is doing more than just creating high quality prints for your decorative and viewing pleasure. They plant a tree for every poster sold. So support your passions, trees, and my channel and click the link below to get a 25% discount when you order one to two displays and a 30% discount when you order three or more. And then let's talk about this viral video showing Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez just full on being sexually harassed on the steps of the Capitol. Hey, my favorite big booty Latina. I love you, AOC. You're my favorite. She wants to kill babies, but she's still beautiful. You look very beautiful in that dress. You look very sexy. Look at that booty on AOC. That's my favorite big booty Latina. I love it. My favorite AOC. Nice to meet you, AOC. Look how sexy she looks in that dress. Woo, I love it, AOC. Hot, hot, hot like a tamale. So the fuckhead with the blurred face is a professional conservative troll. You can find out easily who he is, but I didn't want to give him, you know, free FaceTime here. So looking at his past incidents as well as how he's reacted to this situation, he obviously loves the attention. But I'm also telling reporters in this instance the, the remarks that he made, which many have called sexist and racist, they were just meant to call out AOC and make her uncomfortable. With AOC, for her part, posting about the incident on social media, though deleting some of the content after it became clear that this guy just wanted attention, and instead shifting the focus to the fact that Capitol Police did nothing to stop him. With AOC writing on Twitter, 
posted about a deeply disgusting incident that happened today on the Capitol steps, but took it down because it's clearly someone seeking extremist fame. It's just a bummer to work in an institution that openly allowed this, but talking about it only invites more. Just really sad. Though, also sharing the video that he posted on the same thread and adding, I was actually walking over to Deccan because if no one will protect us, then I'll do it myself, but I needed to catch a vote more than a case today. And also posting on her Instagram story about it. I think it. the thing that was so crazy about that incident is not even that it happened, but that it happened on the Capitol steps right in front of a Capitol Police officer. And this dude was engaged, like this wasn't about a political opinion, protest or anything like that. He was engaged in very clearly sexually threatening, aggressive behavior right in front, on the Capitol steps in front of an officer. And he wasn't even asked to take a step back. Like this officer was just cool with it. But they're going on to say that it reminded her of all the videos that allegedly showed police helping pro-Trump insurrectionists on January 6th and saying there's never been a thorough investigation or any disclosures to members of Congress or the public. And saying as a result, they don't know what officers are safe to be around, but members of both parties are just throwing more and more money at the system instead of holding it accountable. But AOC also going on to retweet, it really says a lot about how media works in this country that this shameful incident and the death threats made against Pramila will together receive a tiny fraction of the coverage garnered by Kavanaugh's steak dinner. With AOC also retweeting, relatedly, months after January 6th, my chief of staff came across an anti-Semitic text in the possession of a Capitol Police officer at a checkpoint. We still have not been told why it was in his possession, what vetting was done before hiring him, and whether he got to keep his job. Then, we gotta talk about the news involving the insane ways that your government spies on the world and how it's now cracking down on the person who exposed it. And no, today we're actually not talking about Edward Snowden, but rather the other guy who blew the whistle on America's Orwellian surveillance state, Joshua Schulte. In case you don't know, he joined the CIA back in 2010 as a software engineer, soon acquiring top security clearance and designing a suite of cyber warfare tools for the agency. And in 2016, he allegedly leaked what is now known as Vault 7. A cache of nearly 9,000 CIA documents revealing the scope of its hacking tools with hackers using more lines of code than it takes to run Facebook, including instructions on how to break into a range of tools including Skype, Wi-Fi networks, PDF documents, and even common commercial antivirus programs. One program called Wrecking Crew explained how to crash a targeted computer, another detailing how to steal passwords on Internet Explorer, with programs named things like Crunchy Lime Skies, Elder Piggy, Anger Quake, and McNugget. And according to WikiLeaks, the CIA and allied intelligence agencies had the power to crack both Apple and Android smartphones, also allowing their officers to bypass the encryption on popular services such as Signal, WhatsApp, and Telegram, as well as hacking into internet-connected televisions, you know, just to turn that Netflix and chill session from a twosome into a virtual threesome. Though, to be clear to you, as well as the FBI or CIA agent watching me through my webcam right now, the supposed purpose of these tools is to target foreign governments and terrorists, and definitely not Americans. But even if they're not spying on Americans, there are obviously still questions about democratic oversight, the ethics of our hacking policy, and the proliferation of cyber warfare tools abroad. And so in 2017, WikiLeaks published Vault 7, making it the largest ever publication of confidence documents in CIA history, with the FBI raiding Schultz's Manhattan apartment a week later, and then the next year he was charged with the leak, with the prosecutors painting him as a disgruntled employee who leaked the files in retaliation for the agency not taking his workplace complaints seriously, with one of them saying that his actions had a devastating effect on our intelligence community by providing critical intelligence to those who wish to do us harm, though Schulte calling their portrayal of him pure fantasy and arguing that hundreds of people who had access to the files could have stolen them, but now what we're seeing is that the verdict has come in and Schulte has been found guilty on nine counts, which notably carry a maximum combined sentence of 80 years in prison. And that's not the only time that he could serve here. He's also still facing a federal trial for allegedly having child pornography on his computer that agents say they found when searching his home. And as far as what happens next, we're going to have to watch because his sentencing hasn't been given a date. But in the meantime, I'll throw the question to you. What are your thoughts on all this? Whether it be about the revelations from Vault 7 or the outcome of the trial. And then finally today, the big news that I want to jump into, I actually have to push off till tomorrow. So I guess good news for those of you that always want more. This is one of those rare weeks where a Friday Philip DeFranco show is going to happen. But of course, that's usually for the worst of reasons. And this one is no different. It is a very, very serious 
this story. It's a very, very messy story. So many people have gotten so many fucking things wrong, and I just want to make sure I do not accidentally contribute to that problem, especially as there are even more new updates coming in as I'm filming this. Who would have ever thought the show would get to a place where I had to explain why the show is only 11 or 12 minutes? But on that note, I want to say thank you for watching, being a part of the conversation today on any of the stories in those comments down below. Thank you for subscribing. My name is Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love your faces, and I'll see you tomorrow.